Don't feel like watching movies, so I'll watch people guess them instead. I don't know how it goes. I think it starts with your Okay, show. hey everybody, welcome to the Valley Cast. We have special guest John Ozark with us today. Hey guys. Oh I got an applause. <laughs> the boys are together, y'all. <laughs> Finally. John, welcome to our dumb podcast. It's dumb, dude. And uh, it's just the three of us and sometimes a guest. And I'm sure Joe has given you a rundown. On, no, on... I didn't. I didn't. Oh, great. John at okay. All. Zero. Well, I don't know what we're doing. Basically, we just like we sit here and we shoot the shit and we have topics and we started to try to formulate a structure to try to bring the chaos into a nice clean cube. And so what chaos we've done cube. is a chaos cube, which is my favorite um, thing they're looking for. It's my fa- favorite Deus Ex Machina in the Avengers oh, series. I love that. I love that. Fixes love everything. That. Breaks and fixes everything. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a real, uh, what is it, God in the machine, if you, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But, uh, but John, we've been trying to reach out to our Patreon audience to be like, hey, throw things at us to talk about on our podcasts because we're in hell together. We're all in this weird hell that is the apocalypse, that is whatever you want to call this. Apocalypse. And, um, apocalypse, yeah. And so we kind of we, we get lost for things to say that don't involve the current state of hell we're all in. <laughs> and apocalypse. so we reach out to our to our audience, our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash the folk, and they have been throwing like topic suggestions at us. And so what we've been doing is is we've just been randomly picking these topics and just kind of talking about them. And if we talk about three topics, that's rad. If we talk about two topics, fuck yeah. If we just talk about one topic for the whole fucking show, who gives a shit? We're going to have we a don't great even, time. If we don't even get to the topics, whatever. Let's start off with Boom. this. John, how the hell are you doing in this crazy oh, 2020? That's a great How's topic. How's your life? <laughs> oh, man. And if we can't talk about the pandemic. Oh, we can't. Don't, even, ta- don't even mention it. Don't, don't even, even mention learn. it. <laughs> but no, you can talk about whatever the uh, fuck you want. Yeah. Talk about whatever. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm so good. I uh, yeah, I just released my first video in two years, y'all. Two I could, years. That so. long? It was that long. Holy crap, mm-hmm. dude. Yes. Yeah. So you know that's a big deal. I feel good about that because you know I came to LA and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be an adult about this and stop doing YouTube and start doing something legitimate. Yeah. And I it never it never took off. It never worked. What, what, yeah, because what, what is legitimacy? Yeah, yeah. See, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's it's like I wanted to maybe do screenwriting, maybe be in some kind of actor or comedy would be awesome, but right. you know. I like, don't think comedy. You know Elliot. Like, I think you stay out. <laughs> I think you stay cuz what happened is life got funnier than any comedian can I think articulate better than how funny everything just is. So, yeah, screenwriting <laughs> or acting I think is the way to go. I would say I would say stay out if like if if you didn't have the goods. I think John Kozar, and this isn't just me saying this because you're my friend, and you're on our show, and you're taking your time oh, he's a to good grace factory. us with your presence. He's got the goods in. He's just churning them Dude, out. Dude, you're a you're 
a fucking you're a genius you're very funny you're oh, very gosh. incredible i know i'm sorry if you're embarrassed you don't have to rea- you don't have to say anything but i just want to say that you could do anything you want to do in this industry truly it's just that the the path there is different than than what it used to be and we we heard about ways to like make it happen and just do things and manifest destiny and all of that but it's just it's such a different time now and um it just you know, true artistry and true genius is just kind of like on the sidelines while all this other factory made shit is just pouring out of the butthole that is the <laughs> entertainment industry. <laughs> Man, that's so freaking uh, true. Yeah. Well, very Although true. we'll probably talk about movies later, but we're in a renaissance time of good movies like good indies good directors are coming out with their 30 million dollar budget movies that are so good and i'm just eating that up and also tiktok is like reinventing what it means to be an online creator in such a good way it's back to free creation right like you don't feel like pressure about it you got this like dumb little thing on your phone you're like i can have fun with it and i'm gonna post it nobody will care and it like frees you up it did it for me a little bit for sure yeah it's really cool i think we're living in a cool time to be a creative person I agree. And it's not so lumbering and tiresome, but it is hard to make money on. I will give you that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think you've it's always... just that, like, there's a. Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. I was, well, I was going to say to John, you've always been kind of like, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Um, a hard to. You, you play hard to get when it comes to your, your creative on YouTube and stuff. You've always kind of taken these big gaps. And is that out of. Is that out of, like, uh, you need to be super inspired to get something done? The grind doesn't really do it for you? Is it more you like to take very long uh, periods of time to perfect a project? Like, what's kind of your process and your reasoning for that? Hatred. Hatred of the entire process. Is it hatred? Is it (laughs) It really is. I do hate. I I have a lot of hatred in my heart. I think a lot of it is just, like, I have to find the motivation to want to do it. Because mm-hmm. usually I'll play out the scenario in my head. Like with this Trump video I just released, I played it out in my head a million times of like, like once I upload this, it'll be whatever. It might make me feel this way or whatever. And usually I dismiss it because I'm like, that isn't actually what I want to be doing. Do I really want to make another parody of like some like musical theater thing about some topic that's timely? It's like that doesn't necessarily speak to me right now, but it's all of those things are in my wheelhouse. It's like what I'm interested in and capable of doing. So that's naturally I don't want to do it. Did you feel like I don't, I, that's I, so relatable, dude. I, yeah, I, I yeah. relate to that very hard. Did you feel like when you released this recent video, did you feel like you were uh, almost like relapsing? Like, did you feel a little guilt? Like, Oh man, I got to start all over <laughs> to make these two years happen again. Or were you I like, fell I'm off back. the wagon. I made more shit. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or, or were you like, cause in my mind, if it, you know, was me, it's like the fewer videos you do, the more value each one has. But like, do you feel, did you put a lot on, or are you putting a lot on this video as this like symbolic return to your youtuber ways or are you just like ah there's a crazy thing i just did a thing (laughs) (laughs) it's a combo man honestly i didn't realize how long it's been since i made a video but i looked at my channel i was like it's been two years (laughs) that's healthy john that's healthy it's healthy what you just said (laughs) but it is because i'm right is it? Yeah, yeah, because sure. it means you're not obsessing over the last time you made a video, and it's not taking over your life. Like you, I mean, and I'm sure maybe in certain ways it it has, but it seems like 
if you're truly like, wow, it's been two years since I've released a video, I think that's, it means you took time to figure your shit out and you went to do what you needed to do and you did things for yourself, I think. And that's more yeah. important and good, I think. Yeah. It is honestly, it does feel like relapsing. And <laughs> I'm sad about okay. that. That's what all I want to know. Thank you. That's all you All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. John, you were an awesome guest. Uh, You made a mistake. All right, here we go. Uh, (laughs) We're just trying to get all of our YouTuber friends to come onto our podcast and admit. (laughs) (laughs) Like in the first 10 minutes. You're miserable, right? You said, okay, there. You're miserable and you feel like making videos is relapsing into a bad addiction that is harmful for your body. Great, okay, yeah, we're all on the same page. Hey, psych, uh, John, welcome to your canceled YouTube edition. You're canceled. See you next time. Yeah, man. But the thing is, is like, it works. It works and you have an amazing audience and we have amazing audiences and we have people that like support us and they're there for us when, even if we want to take a two-year break or whatever they'll be there and i'm sure there's been an outpouring of people that are just like holy shit we missed you we need you right now yeah it's so humbling because in i just live up here in my own brain so i'm not online all the time getting all this praise thinking about how great my videos are usually i'm just putting myself down <laughs> and i don't know if that's me or every creative person oh. but i'm like Man, that shit I made two years ago, boring. Mm-hmm. I'm really ready to show people what I'm capable of and being the adult in the room making real comedy or whatever. Yeah, but what and then I eventually yeah. Right. And then I get to a point of such misery in trying to be this like legit creator that I just get to a point of like I have to make something. And right. then I make something like this and people love it and I'm like, Why didn't I do that the whole time? <laughs> I should have right. just been making Dude, YouTube videos. Are you saying, I don't know why I'm doing that. Are this. you wearing a while you're saying this, are you wearing a Studio seventy one sweatshirt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's awesome. Well well, that's the thing. I haven't made a video in two years, so I don't buy clothes. I don't have all this. I don't have money Dude, to just go. My I favorite mean, sweater is the Instagram has an Instagram TV logo on the. Mm-hmm. That is such a comfortable account. sweater. It's so I comfortable. have that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I yes. wear things that that studios give me, like this A twenty four shirt, or like <laughs> yeah. the shirt that says like Bill and Ted, you know, three, like the Dude, stupid yes. free shit. My <laughs> daughter is now at the age where like she's big enough that her and Heather, my wife's clothes, are like they get mixed up and they can just kind of share and go back and forth. I'm like waiting for the day I get to do that with Jackson, and I don't have to buy myself clothes anymore. That's very <laughs> like, funny. That's you way. should just start doing it now and let the clothes slowly grow over time. But just- <laughs> Very fitting. I feel like we're kind of like naturally just talking about YouTube in general as kind of our topic, which is great. And I think that there's a lot to be said. Um, Joe, you have something. You, yeah. You well, but because like I, I could tell you're about to segue maybe even to. No, no, the, I don't want to segue. I want to stay. I want to stay. Well, yeah, yeah. And it's one of the questions from it's the like patrons. Stay. But I wanted to ask. Uh, uh, there's a point that John was making about, I think what I think it's not. um it's not uh, beholden to just creators and stuff, but I think there's this, you you get tired, and this could be somebody that's creative, this could be somebody that's a little bit more analytical, like, you could be good at a job, you could be a great accountant, you could be a great politician, you could be, you know, anything under the sun, but at some point, you might just hit that that wall, and you're like, I got, I know I'm good at this, but I want to try something else, and I, I just don't want... I don't want to gloss over the point of this isn't something that only 
creatives feel, you know, I, I, and I feel like it's a healthy thing that John's talking about to, yeah, I am good at this, but I do want to explore these other avenues and I want to, I want to challenge myself and hopefully not fail, but failure is good and you grow but in all these other uh, aspects of my life. And I think, uh, I think everybody yeah. listening, whether they're creatives or not, probably feel exactly what you're talking about, John. So true. Honestly, did y'all see the last dance? Mm-mm. The last day. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, Michael Jordan. The, yeah, the Michael yeah, Jordan. yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I keep but being the, told the... I need to see it. Yep. Well, I just spoiler assumed alert, it was he a gets 19... into baseball. <laughs> I thought you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! I heard that's Sorry, the big yeah. twist. Yeah. <laughs> it really is if you think about it. That's some okay, M. Night yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's like so shocking. But Michael Jordan, I mean, the whole documentary is about how how great he is like literally how much better he is than every other like person to ever play the game yeah. and then he quits to play baseball just because he liked baseball as a kid who can't relate and he who michael jordan <laughs> exactly it's the most relatable thing yeah yeah it i is. mean are you kidding because i actually mean it no no for sure no because i'm it's like, a, i 100 think it was yeah incredibly because in my yeah. mind i was like I could always go be an archaeologist. Like, it's some kind of off the left field thing. I'm like, well, maybe <laughs> right. I can do some well, work it's there. Hard. It's hard for, like, someone like Michael Jordan, obviously, and, and in a big, big, big way. And it's hard for, you know, our little corners of the entertainment world as well. Because we we start off doing a thing, and people really like it, and then they know us for that. And then we do that for years and years and years and years and years. And then we're like... Oh, I'm. St this is killing me from the inside. Like I, it's not doing anything for me in like a, a stimulating way. And so it's like, what what can I do? What needs to happen? And sometimes you gotta like you know change gears or maybe mm -hmm. you modify the thing that you're doing. How to do like you rearrange the putty of the soul? Exactly, you know exactly, mm. exactly. How do you how do you play the Jenga of the soul without toppling over the whole Ooh, thing? My God, you know? my God. Yeah, oh. yeah. Go ahead, put <laughs> it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. It's fine. <laughs> if a studio um, puts it on a t-shirt, you'll wear it. <laughs> yes, I will. Send it to me. <laughs> if it's <wear> free. It. <laughs> also, yeah. I think there's a benefit in be if you start out being fairly transparent about things with the audience, then it's a le it's less pressure to in moments like this. Like I think there's a lot of creators who wouldn't feel comfortable having this conversation in any kind of public way, and the yeah. fact that we have people who are like, yeah, no, just we get it, and it's a very like refreshing situation it's important to have people hear that <laughs> i think i think if we're gonna be an influence on so many people and on our audiences and and for some people that's many 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 thousands of, to millions of people it's there's kind of like um it's it's a bonus to be real when you can because then it's mm -hmm. like it shows people that like well you know i mean even though we we have the little the knobs turned up a little bit more on some things that not everybody else has we still get anxiety and we still feel stuck when we're doing the same thing over and over and over again just like anybody else does it's important for people to see creatives go through that i think yeah there's yeah. also like avenues to express these feelings like i'm on a pot like i'm on your podcast right now so we can be real in this scenario but i'm not going to upload a video where the only reason <laughs> i'm doing it is to be like guys i'm depressed i'm not going to make any more videos for right. two years because i feel like you don't have taste and that's why you like me <laughs> it's like why would i do yeah. that 
Why would I do that? But here, I feel like if people really care about my opinion, they might find this podcast and really listen to it and get something out of it. And it's just a different channel. Yep. Yeah. You know? Awareness. And it satisfies a need in you to want to open up that part of your life where you are you feel like, well, I, I created this obligation to to continue creating until I die, essentially. And it's mm-hmm. That's in the YouTube contract, and nobody <laughs> it reads it, but it's, nobody talks you, gotta about read, it. you have to read the fine print. Nobody yeah. does. That's why we don't see Zay Frank anymore. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, he's not wrong. He's right. I, so. I feel like... <laughs> he's right. I think you owe it to yourself if you've created this obligation in in and this responsibility to kind of like release at least small pockets of like real, you know. Otherwise, you just get stuck, and that's and that's destructive, and it's almost like a stunted, um, it's stunting your happiness and stunting your mental yeah. health in a big way. I yeah. think YouTubers need multiple things. Like multiple things to do. A camera. YouTube. A computer for editing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, like (laughs) Steve, Steve, you're an actor. You're a good actor. And you do a lot of acting. Right? You're also a musician and you sing and do this. Elliot, you're a comedian. You literally get in front of people and do an hour long stand up special. That's legit. That's something else. And and Joe, you're like a super producer. You uh, so, uh, produce other people's stuff and yourself, you know? I That's, thought you were going to go, so and you're and, here, Joe. So <laughs> thank you. Joe, by the way. Joe, you're a father. <laughs> you are married. You're a father. You made children. You did your job as a human. <laughs> the hardest job in the world. Right, right. Uh, it's not hard. You can, you don't have to. You can just leave. So um, how did... How did... All right. So to go back to turning it into sl- like a small interview which i know is annoying sometimes how did you stumble into it i'm I'm sure you've told the story before but you're a little younger you but i feel like you kind of got to see youtube 1.0 did you did you have an ambition like i want to be a youtuber and then you made that choice or you're just like i got these ideas and this is a place to put them and then you happen to stumble into a little bit of notoriety because your art is so kick-ass uh yeah i mean i was making videos i had a vhs camcorder as a kid that was like legit vhs and i would like shoot like scooter videos razor scooter videos with my (laughs) brother and i was obsessed like legos and claymation those were the first videos i ever made were all like lego claymations and music videos so that's and i would make like instead of making um like like writing a paper or a book report i would make a video for the class and then screen it and that was just what i did for fun i didn't even think about it being like a career it was just cool and then from there it's like the notion of a youtuber came out like you were barrettes and barretta was like a huge influence because that is 1.0 youtube and like other youtubers from the way who who hang on i'm googling (laughs) them right you heard him i made i made i made paint i'm steve you heard it You heard it. I, I get all the paints revenue so, moving so. forward. You made you made paint. Yeah. Wikipedia uh, says like, just another white comedy duo. Got it. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. That's the, oh, the Wikipedia. I see that. It's the Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. Anyways, yeah. That's what, it, it's not it's not an exceptional story. That's the whole story. And then I eventually found a, a like oh music videos parodies fandom like that's stuff I'm naturally interested in. I'm like a big corny white guy, so I do acapella because I can't play instruments. And that's basically how the whole thing came about. 
And then the perfectionism and all of that, like self-criticism, that was just part of me from the day one. Mm -hmm. So that came baked into the the recipe. Yeah, you've hated yourself. You get dibs on hating yourself from day one, for sure. I don't know that I've ever, truly, dude, I've never met an iteration of you. And it's one of the reasons I love you very much is one of the first moments I met you, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I get it. You know, self-hatred sees self-hatred. And I was like, this guy, yeah. Yeah, it's incredibly relatable. For a lot yeah, of people, yeah, because it's hard to be a person and like yourself, yeah, because people are so fallible and ugly, yeah, uh, and especially gross. in the morning, yeah, and gross, yeah, yeah. and mean, yeah. I, sometimes mean. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate being mean, but I'm so mean. Dude, I'm such a bitch, right? I know. <laughs> I think yeah. it's necessary in a lot of ways. I think it, it builds. It's part of why you're so uniquely you, dude. Yeah, you are a mean bitch because I told you I told you this when we uh when we were filming movie movie game. What you did hosting the streamies was next level legit stand up comedian, awesome writing, get ready for this, Bo Burnham level YouTuber oh, making the next that comparison, step type of shit. I haven't and I'm flattered. Uh I it's there was so like a good. comment. This is the comment that will haunt me forever. But in the comment section, it was like, he's like, Bo Burnham meets John Mulaney. And I was like, that's so nice. And then I looked at all the replies, and it's like, but not as funny as either of them. And then I was like, okay, well, Why? all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. All of those replies were John Cozart replying to himself. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, I don't know. Stand-up is so hard. I don't know how you did that, Elliot. To be honest with you, it's... It's it's the worst thing that Dude, I've done probably in my life. I That's have like a, getting up in front of people. Theoretically, I have a show right now in Washington D.C. in December, and I'm nervous to cancel it because I feel like that's rude. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't, mm, I don't want to, I don't want to do that for a billion reasons. Yeah, one of which is this <laughs> situation that we're in. But uh, yeah, man, it feels like a distant memory at this point. It feels like I'm like I I feel the same way. I'm like that's cool that he did that, and I don't I don't. I don't. God bless him. That's so I funny. just would never be able to fit to not revise and revise and revise and revise all these jokes that I'm like this is my five minutes or whatever. I would be looking at them before the set and be like, I can't tell any of these. These are all yeah. awful. I don't think this crowd's going to yeah. like, like, I don't even know. Like, and then you're studying all the other comedians before they go up going like, okay, how's this audience? Are they laughing at stupid shit? Or are they laughing at smart shit? Well, now I got to change my whole fucking set. Cause it's all stupid shit essentially. And it's like, I can't, I have no brain for that. I, my brain does not Woof. compute that. Like, wouldn't it be easier if if we were geniuses like Bo Burnham <laughs> and at 16 we have a stand-up special of, like, musical comedy? At 16, yeah. we have, the, like, the knowledge and taste to yeah. be able to perform that. He, like, it'd be so much easier if we were geniuses. Yeah. But instead we got to do it the hard way. But you know be, what's interesting? Fairly capable. He's not. Me, <laughs> yeah. Also, me and my friend. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Y'all are saying he's not doing it right now either. Like, he's do he quit immediately. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he's yeah, also that's just true. being like, fuck, I don't want to do any of that stuff anymore. We're all the same. <laughs> yeah. Man, we are. I, I don't know, man. I, I just, it's just, it's so sad that we, that there's so many geniuses and you're just like, oh, I, I'm so, I could just reach out and touch, get a little bit of that genius. I'd be so oh, yeah. much happier. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just, I feel like I'm just right behind the mm-hmm. people that are behind the mm-hmm. geniuses that I love so much. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, 
I, I'm so close, and I know I can do it, but I just there's He's, something talking, in me. Steve, okay, Steve's talking about Steven Crowder. He uh, <laughs> is a, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The problem. No, ta- go ahead. The, go ahead. The problem with what you're talking about, Steve, is that the Venn diagram that you're trying to create, the things are so far away. You've got a big old circle of genius over here. And the happiness circle is about 17 miles away. (laughs) That's just, they don't cross very often. It's usually genius with a little bit of melancholy, but a lot of bit of melancholy. A lot of Asperger's, if you. (laughs) So then, so so like, then how do you change? Like, where, how do you start? So now that we're like becoming self-aware and we're learning that like geniuses suffer and we, I mean, it's not new, but to a lot of people, Unless like, you're Dave Grohl, then I feel you're like just a happy genius. I mean, yeah, I guess that could be true, yeah. Or Will Smith. Will Smith's another happy genius, I feel Ooh, like. Yeah, he's awesome. But um, And he's an incredible human. But, um, but, you know, I feel like when Robin Williams passed away, that, was, that sent massive shockwaves to the generation of kids that grew up with Robin Williams as a hero and as a beacon of light and joy and happiness and comedy and all the good things that we love in the world. And then it's like, psych, he was incredibly sick and unhappy, and then he committed suicide. And that's like, what? That's a massively horrible thing and it happens mm-hmm. to a lot of really incredible people it happens to the the people we grew up loving and idolizing what what needs to change like i think talking about mental illness and talking about mental health and being open about those things helps a lot and i think we're making good progress there as far as like when we look back like 10 20 years ago um but like how do we how do we cuz we know that geniuses are unhappy like, how do we make geniuses happy? How do yeah. we fix that? What with if, a hammer, like, right it, on the head. It's in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if everyone has a little bit of genius in them, and it is their desire to be constantly happy that prevents them? I don't know. <gasps> Throwing That's out a good an idea. I had a little theory. weed before we started Dude. recording. <laughs> This guy watched Whiplash. And he's really <laughs> internalized. Um, let me just sum it up. Have you guys seen Whiplash? <laughs> Honestly, I would expect Elliot to just randomly come out of nowhere and be like, dude, I just watched Whiplash for the first time. Listen. And I'm on this whole Whiplash thing. Y'all what if he picked drums? up a drumstick and was like, <laughs> guys. Not my tempo. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Career you know, shift. I beat that kid in acting when I was in high school in Florida in a competition. Whoa, what? And then our careers it, went different Was it forensics? Directions. Huh? Like you beat the hell what out was of it? Was it speech and debate uh, or thespians, what? Thespians. The International Thespian, thespian Society. Festival. Cozart. Yeah. And uh, my I did that. I did that. Connection. Did. Connection. Did. What? Wait. But did you win an... state? Because uh, did I you win Miles state, Teller. Ellen? And then Miles <laughs> Teller is a, a what was your person an actor and i can't remember what year or what i did but yeah no what what event do you know the event it was the was international it solo Thespian society God. oh no it was sketch it was, i mean i did the or no not sketch um scene monologue scene. it was scene it oh was scene god wait hang yeah. on a second here rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead we just opened up a treasure chest of elliot's memories <laughs> that we've never <laughs> 
that we've never heard of somehow after years and years and years of doing well, t- endless talking about our lives. You guys never bring up Whiplash. And so it- <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to now talk about this yeah. right now. What, what the hell is it? <laughs> what? Thespians well, like acting. It's like a thespian is like an acting club that you know runs the. It's, it's, it's a, speech and debate, but for acting. Like sort of yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like competition. Yeah, it's like there's a statewide competition, and then all these actors from various high schools come together. They compete in different events, and then I don't know how they did it in Florida, but in Texas, we all performed in front of like massive, yes. like massive amounts of high schoolers, oh, like thousands, thousands of kids thousands. would come and watch, like three thousand, and it was like, and you were all rock, stars. you were all rock stars. I know exactly what world you're talking about. Oh, hundred percent. I'm rock still stars. riding the ego high. And <laughs> <laughs> Being the kid from Whiplash. What's yeah. his name? Miles Teller. Is that his name? Yeah, we had yeah. Miles Teller. Yeah, we had to do a thing where at the beginning of the ceremony, it was like the weekend that the not discovery but the columbus but whichever one it was in like the early 2000s the shuttle that like uh challenger challenge is that what it was the challenger oh that's it. they made us do um my buddy who i I still know who i did the scene with sorry challenger was way earlier i'm sorry oh i don't you're talking there's a documentary on the one in the 80s that's incredible right now but um that's a challenge. It was Discovery. I don't remember what it was. But they made us do like a, a tribute to it where we did like a pantomime thing and had to like lip sync to a Dolly Parton song to like honor <laughs> the shuttle in front of everyone. And we were like, this is insane. Really, this is the most embarrassing thing that we've ever had to do. And, and wow. to this day, that dude uh, who I went to high school with like six months ago randomly <laughs> tweeted it out and was like, don't feel bad about anything in your adult life or what's going on right now because when I was in high school, I had to do a pantomime to honor the astronauts that were followed as a result of the da-da-da. And I was like, it came back to my memory because I truly had blocked it out. And I was like, this is the most humiliating thing. And then I clicked on the tweet because he mentioned me in it and I was like going to reply and make a joke about it. He had deleted the tweet, I think because of his, oh. his shame that he felt He just about. felt like this needs to stay with me in my exactly. and I can't. Yeah. This doesn't need... Yeah, it doesn't wow. need any more eyeballs on it. But Dude, anyway. I think I think the cringe that that created in the past, I think I just felt it. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's why I'm I'm very immune to cringe. I have no, I don't have like a, the right barometer for it. I was raised Dude. in the dark. Like, All right, bang. so to either wait, of you... wait, wait, wait. Last question before you move on to that. I just have one more question. Do you have footage of that? If I do, I swear to God, I will find it. I swear to God, okay. I, will, I will look okay. and I will find. It. I think. <laughs> I, I think. I listen. It. I think Jared may have footage, and I, I absolutely. Oh my word! I, I need be, that. Well, that'll be heart. a Patreon exclusive, which you can access at <laughs> patreoncom <laughs> Okay. Okay. Go ahead, okay. My follow-up is: Do either of you remember the scenes that you chose for any of your moments uh, at these oh, festivals? That's good. that's good. Oh yeah. What did you do, John? I, I did a duo musical one with this girl, this musical theater girl in my department, public school, Texas public school theater department. Very prestigious. uh, (laughs) prestigious. Best of the best. But we did, we did this five minute song called A Stud and a Babe. And at this point, I'm like a mega virgin, like just had my first kiss (laughs) on stage. 
And so we're doing this thing where we're like, it's like very sexual. It's for like 40 year old divorcees. That's what, that's what we are supposed to be playing. And we're just on a first date after having divorced (laughs) other people. And we're like, I'm ready to get back out there. Yeah. Wait, how old are you? I was, it was my uh, junior year of high school. So I was like 16. Okay. And it was, it was like, in those moments, that was when I kind of got like action. Because I'm like an actor playing a role, but it's like kind of sexy. And I don't know if that's cool to say. It's cool. Like, I'm going to say it. High schoolers. It's cool. Okay, cool. It was like sexy. It's like, oh, I'm getting to like rub up on this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're you're getting a yeah. It's the easiest way. You don't have to go through the awkwardness of getting there as a person. You get to pretend and still do it. Right, and also I was discouraged from ever exploring any kind of like dating or sexual scenario with anyone because I was like a staunch Christian with a pastor father. So I was like, well, I'm an actor, and this is a school assignment, so I'm gonna get rock hard. (laughs) Right. and that's, that's that. the most Dad. action. Dad, yeah. I had yeah. to have sex with her. It was in the stage <laughs> directions. What kind of pastor? It was John? implied reading between the lines. What kind of pastor? John? I, it's how I interpreted uh, the scene. Dad. Well, what, what, well, what kind of pastor? Uh, um, he was evangelical free Bible church. It's like smaller churches that kind of interpret the Bible in different ways. I don't know. Kind of Baptist-ish. Dude, you and Elliot are way too similar. Elliot, tell them what you did growing up. (laughs) I grew up Pentecostal. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, John. I grew up during the (gasps) Holy Laughter Revival. (laughs) (laughs) This is all just ground. This is all just territory. Damn, we're just unlocking all sorts of secrets today. (laughs) It it does feel a little bit like like truly repressed memories are now coming back, and I don't like it. No, I love that you guys are connecting in that way because I'm always fascinated by I grew up a Catholic boy in the Catholic church, Hispanic family, very Catholic. And so I have my own experiences there, not as I'd say conservative as maybe Baptist or or you know Elliot whatever your weird thing was, but um <laughs> but yeah, like I no, just think right. that <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, like, I'm so curious about those experiences, especially now living in L.A. and working in this industry and seeing the things and done the things we've done. Like, what would happen if the things that you have done at this point in your life, what if you could go back in time and tell that thespian, that young thespian, what you were going to be doing in your life as an adult? Like, even the craziest things. John? Man. He'd be shocked. He would be so sad. <laughs> would he be scared? <laughs> I'd be so scared. So scared. Well, because I would go to my younger self, be like, you don't believe in God in the future. And also, you have sex with men. And also, you're not a Republican. I would be shocked. <laughs> I would be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Welcome to the six three. o'clock news. We have the Texas six o'clock news. We have a breaking story. <laughs> Time traveler comes back and mur- and younger self murders said older self for sinning. <laughs> Complete murder. Hey, you know that thing that you think is absolutely unequivocally wrong? Yeah. That's you. <laughs> That's that's your whole life. That's it. Do you yeah. think that if you did that, this would be a cool movie. If you did that, would it change 
would it make you change at that age to make sure you didn't become that person? I would try my damnedest, but uh, it's this is na- this is nurture or yeah. nature, not nurture. Yeah, yeah. Like I could not will myself to believe other right, things. Right. That just won't happen. It's just you're right. Yeah. It's just life we're, experience. We're just talking about the movie Looper, but it's the movie Looper <laughs> that Joseph Gordon-Levitt actually wanted to make. <laughs> Damn. It's all musical Cute. theater. Exactly. Yeah, it's a very sweet movie. <laughs> Elliot, Wait. what would your little young thespian do if you learned about your future? Man. Hey guys, welcome to the ad portion of the Ballycast. I hope you're enjoying this very special episode with John Kozar. I love him. Uh, anyway, as you get into the swing of things, um, this fall you get back to normal life. Uh, I'm here to tell you about Bespoke Posts, you guys, and the brand new seasonal box of awesome collection that they have for dudes as well as, as me and how wonderful it is. We've talked about Bespoke Posts before, you guys know. I love them very much. They're one of the few um, sponsors we have that gives me items that I just keep forever and ever, and uh, I don't have many things because I don't I like having them, but many of the things I do have, they're bespoke posts and box of awesome and um, cool ashtrays, cool stuff that makes you feel like a cool dude. You know how to be a cool dude. You know how to be a cool dude. Well, if you're interested in being a cool dude, if you know someone who wants to be a cool dude, box of awesome is for you. Whether it's gear to upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature drops, bespoke post only sends guys the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, box of awesome has you covered from style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools and outdoor gear. Box of awesome has collections for every single part of your life. So to get started, you can take a quiz over at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you, and it's so nice. It's like just gifts that you wish people would get you, and you don't know how to say, like, hey, you know, cool stuff. You can't really say that because they don't know what that means. Box of Awesome uh, pretty much knows what it means. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. They're not going to hold you down. You know, they know life is crazy right now. So each box costs about $45, but you get over $70 worth of goodies inside. That's just called a good deal. So get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code VALLEYCAST at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code VALLEYCAST boxofawesome.com code valleycast for 20% off your first box uh, and you should definitely do it it's really fun and this is the only ad so this is just me and you hanging out now and I hope you're doing well but let's let's move past this let's get back to the conversation because it's really good and I love you guys and thank you very much for watching this and listening to this and I hope you're doing great bye you know I think about this a fair amount do you really? I, yeah, I don't think like about it at you, all. Because the thing is, the thing that's weird to think is, I, and I've I've talked about this with other folks who grew up Catholic but never bought into the whole thing. There's a weird thing when you buy into it that mm-hmm. I don't know how I would take it, and I don't think it would go well. I think I would feel it would give me a sense of failure. It would be like, oh, you you get you backslid in some way because yeah, you were but in other deep. people who were in my church probably believed it very loosely, and they were able to adjust really easily but i like bought it lock stock and barrel so i would be like i'd be like sweet cool beard i'd be like i'm glad that worked out you're able to grow some hair <laughs> uh and then everything and else. then yeah, you I'd show him a of. picture of your girlfriend like here's your girlfriend in in 2020 <laughs> yeah i'd be like I, oh, oh. I'll do everything. I'm not going to change anything. Okay, yeah, great. yeah, yeah. See, that's what well, I would do. But then your young like, guy would go, okay, well, that's good. And then you go, well, it's post-divorce. And you'd be like, no! Yeah. I'd be like, no! See, that's my thing. Like, Skip that whole part. If, if I had to go back and tell my young Catholic, like at the height of my Catholic belief, 
like that I one day would do all the things that I did, including talk about getting a sex toy stuck inside of my butt on Comedy Central. <laughs> I think I would still end it with here's a picture of your girlfriend, though. And then I'd be like, fuck yeah, nice. That is a lot of the criteria of 30-something single men is wh- what girl could I show my high school self that would make them think I'm doing okay? <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to bring this moment full circle for y'all. Check this out. So John and Elliot, pretty similar high school experiences with the theater and the religion. Steve, mm-hmm. Catholic, myself, I grew up, uh, no religion, super sinner for sure. No theater, none of that. Just a jock up in Montana playing football and baseball and all that stuff. I go and to video college, games. And video games. And then I go to college, which is a Catholic institution, Jesuits, go Gonzaga. And I find theater and improv and fall into it like my sophomore year. We just didn't have it in high school. I was always kind of interested fell into it in college. I also attended theater f- like festivals. I, I got an Irene Ryan Award in college oh. for uh, my, my role as Matthew Poncelet in... Um, what? In, uh, <laughs> in Dead Man Walking. Is that the right character? I think it is. And I went to the Irene, uh, like the, the festival that they do in colleges, and I did the competition thing, and I also was really fucking bad. And I would never want anybody to ever see it. Whoa, wait. Oh, but, man. But there... I bet it was good. Oh, yeah. no. No, did not. Maybe. No, 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 no. I wasn't. That's the thing about. Uh, yeah. I was not. But college. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> wait. Man, I feel like high school theater is always cringy. College theater, only sometimes. Yes, I would I guess agree that's with that. true, yeah. There's some yeah. talented people because people are really starting to figure it out. One of the people that I was doing a scene with was Luke Baratz, who was an actual and is an actual good actor actor and gets it and is next level and i just remember doing a scene with him and being like i'm re- i'm really fucking this up for you and i'm real sorry <laughs> i'm dude i'm the not good one yeah <laughs> in acting, in acting. listen i have an idea let's do let's do a video that's like um we get our we get, it's us and then we get our like talented friend our other talented friends to come in and show off something from their past like some kind of college performance or some kind of sketch you made when you were a teenager or something and we just look at that because i need to see shit of you acting in college joe and i need to see you doing that fucking uh, memorial interpretive dance <laughs> tribute. <laughs> yes, it's a literal interpretive this. dance. That's <laughs> and John, I have to see your sexy high school. A, a stun babe. Yeah, I have to see it. I have to see yeah. it. Like what? Me too. Like you don't. Like are you guys embarrassed? Like obviously you don't want people to see it. But is there a world where you would share it? Still. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Oh, great. I love that. Well, let's just do it. We got to do that. Joe, come on. Yeah. If I had it, I would show it. I've got, like, dance performances from when I was – oh, that's that's, (gasps) that's my curveball. When I was in fifth grade, I joined ballet and jazz and modern dance for three years because I – Oh, my gosh. You're so well-rounded. I saw girls, and they were like, hey. I was like, hey, what is this thing with all the girls? And she was like, this is dance. And also, I'll let you ha- do it for free because you're a guy. So I did three years of like free dance training in Montana because I was a dude, and it, I loved it. It yeah. was great. 
I don't. I don't. That is cool. See if, I don't want to see your. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I desperately want to see uh, it. I don't because I don't want to make jokes about like a fifth grade Joe doing like a beautiful Dude, dance. And no, they're not beautiful, but they are funny. You could definitely make jokes. I right. mean, I think you need to chronicle your because I mean, like you don't know if you own any of those. You don't know if those are at, at your like with your dad or anything. I like I that. have I have them. Oh, you have them. Okay, great. Because I was gonna say. Because I would go, like, go down the fucking rabbit hole and chronicle all of that. Like, vlog yourself, like, calling your old high school buddy and being like, do you have any footage of us fucking around in school or whatever or in a musical or something? Like, you could really dig this shit out. It would be really fun, I think. John and Elliot and Steve, I know you've had a little bit of a uh, uh, past with, it, um, with, with, with the Rocky, Rocky Horror um, hipster show that you just did. Um, do you guys miss it? Like, I know that I miss live theater. And if there was a world where it made sense, like financially for my family and whatever, I would love to do a musical or jump back into a play if I had the time and, and what. Like, how do you guys feel about that? Is that a world you want to get back into? Oh, yeah. I'm so nostalgic for that kind of stuff. And honestly, this recent, this, this, uh, what did I do? Your Trump it, video. It, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say if Trump was Hitler, but it was Hamilton. <laughs> Trump was in Hamilton. Like, but doing like, doing like the dances, like that wasn't written. We just started shooting and I was like, what if we started dancing? And then the whole thing is now me dancing just because I wanted to. And I desperately just want to do theater. Love I just it. love it. But but yeah, I was so pragmatic and I was like, I'm never going to theater school. I would never get a job. And at that point, I wasn't a YouTuber. So I was just like, I'm, I'm going to be pragmatic, go to film school. But I regret it because I, I, I wish I could dance and did take dance and stuff like that and would be on stage. That's why I was like, we should get some... We should get like a group of YouTubers together and take a show on the road that is kind of theatrical. I've oh, always wanted to do that. Shit. Hello. Dude, I just got goose pimples from that. I'll do death of Hello. a salesman. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, listen, I I would be it would be ridiculous of me to not bring up that John, you were Tesla in our uh, Benjamin Franklin time traveler <laughs> musical. Remember that? You would be remiss. <laughs> yes. would be remiss. No, yeah. that shit was awesome. Because I'm Alexander Hamilton. That shit is awesome. That it's was one of the best videos on YouTube. <laughs> I am a show. Like, Nicholas Tesla. I know that you did enjoy it. I know this isn't just smoke because I remember way back no. in the day you were like, dude, this is, I love this. This is great. We it had was such fun. a fun shoot. It fun. was so goofy, yeah. too. Well, that was me doing, like, because I, I, the only, I was in, like, a few high school productions. I didn't go to college. I, dro- I dropped out of high school. So um, I didn't, I did, like, a couple of high school productions, and then I almost was Seymour in Little Shop. And then my grades were so bad it, that I didn't get to do it. And then I just, like, dumped all of my musical theater dreams into the trash. And then years and years and years later, I did the Ben Franklin Time Traveler musical thing because I was like, I want to make a musical or at yes. least a bit of a musical and get all my talented friends in it. And that's what that was. But I, I still, like, Rocky Horror Hipster Show happened, like, so long ago, it feels like. But that was, like, the taste after Ben Franklin for me. And now I'm like, please, please, John Co. Let's go on the road with a big. Let's hit the effing road. Honestly, if there was any way we could take twenty-five people in a giant bus and make it 
make any money, it would I would do Dude, it. The problem is we it would cost a million dollars. We will do thing, that, yeah. but we're all gonna be like in our fifties and sixties when that happens. <laughs> because it's not like we're gonna be, turn fifty and sixty and be like, I remember those people. We're all still gonna be like you're tired, right? By that, time. that's when it happens. I think. Yeah, but I still got to get a video up by Friday. I, I remember. <laughs> yeah. um, oh God, we'd have to put all that shit on hold if we did a tour or something. But um, I remember way, back in the SourceFed days. I I remember because you know Trisha Hirschberger name drop. She's like a huge musical theater nerd, and her husband Nate like did a bunch of musical theater and was like Jesus and Jesus Christ superstar and like it a, is Jesus. A, He's Jesus. Yeah, she married Jesus. But um, they're big musical theater people. And I remember there was a time at SourceFed in the SourceFed nerd days way back in the day where people were just like, Steve, you got to try to do musical theater. Like people were always trying to push me to do more musical stuff. And I remember talking to Trisha one time seriously about like, okay, what would happen if I left like the digital world and just went to like New York or something and just focused on musical theater, like went to school, did all the training, went to auditions like a crazy maniac. Like, is that something that you think is a viable thing to do? And she was like, it's so much work. It will be the rest of your life. There's hardly any money in it. Even when you make it into the big productions, there's hardly any money in it. And it's just like endless fucking hard work and it's just because mm. it's like night after night after night you're doing these like hour long two hour long twice musical, on the weekends twice, twice on, on the sundays weekends. and it's yeah. like look you gotta want it more than anything in the world i think and i was like nope it's not for me but i still have that like i still want to do it i still want to try it yeah. but it's just like too late i think at this point for me hmm. you know Man, yeah, your best bet is just finding avenues in your current job where you can do it. Exactly. And that's honestly, like, you should do that anyways if you're going to go to, go to like, be on Broadway. They, they're putting a lot of YouTubers on Broadway. That's true. Like, Colleen. Like, Colleen. And yeah. then the hot kids with their shirts off. I don't remember their <laughs> well, names. Darren Chris. But Darren Chris did, uh... Darren Chris. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen Hot I mean, Kids? It's on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, what is that kid's name? It's gonna really bug me. He was just one of those, uh, the like, the original hot guy with no talent. Like, the original guy. I have uh, Hasselhoff. Uh, Dave Hasselhoff? It, who's the guy <laughs> from American Idol? Wasn't he uh, the guy? No, he's uh, saying a you are you saying a YouTuber? Like a A, a YouTuber, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, uh Bart You're Baker? asking us to name a, a YouTuber <laughs> with no talent? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say being hot isn't a talent. You're such a mean honestly, bitch. <laughs> right? No, be but I will say, being a hot straight guy who just is hot and that's what he does like those cringy tiktoks yes. that is a that is a skill like being able to not look at yourself in the way that <laughs> to like, not, people yeah. who cringe at you yes yeah. but instead you're looking at yourself through like the 12 year old's eyes that's amazing i used to and think, i'm not trying to dog it i used to think that that was like a lack of or like a less self-awareness but now i think it's tr like transcends self-awareness into like yeah. zero fucks and that's like way better than Ooh. any of that. I think like, it's you, somewhere you in between 
really nice. Yeah. 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 Right. I don't I don't think it's a zero. I don't cool. I think there's like a, there's no way. But you guys look, but whatever you, points but you, you earn saying all that shit, you can have. That's listen, insane. you can tell. That, listen, I I I think I have an interesting point to make. You can tell when people are um not self-aware and that's the reason why they're like able to do cringy shit and it works for them but then there's the people you can tell who are self-aware and are still doing that shit and it's like that person must have reached a level of no fucks that i can never comprehend that uh that is not who john cozart on the valley cast today is talking about there's no way he's talking about bart baker (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Bart. Yeah. Is Bart Baker the guy who does the parodies? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I remember there was a parody panel. Believe it or not. There was a parody <laughs> panel at Playlist Live, and he wasn't included on it. And he had oh, a fit, shit. a freaking fit. And he replied to all of us on Twitter like, oh, a parody panel without me? Great panel. And I was just like, who Whoa. are you? What are you saying? He's like, hey, who gives shit? a shit about any of this? <laughs> I was like, you are so in this right what now. What if that was like, what Weird Ooh. Al was like? What if Will, Weird Al was just a petulant, like, fucking whiny child? <laughs> Dude, actually, he's not, but he totally tweeted about Mel Gibson's new movie, Fat Guy, Fat or what is it called? Yeah. Fat Man? Yeah, because he's like. Weird or uh, Mel Gibson's doing a movie about a Santa. He's like playing a Santa Claus that's like being hunted by someone or something. I don't know the whole like, it's story. Like the night but... Santa went crazy, right? It's like the night Santa went crazy or whatever, and this other like fat thing that Weird Al did, and he's like, "Oh, is Mel Gibson just making the intellectual property Weird Al the intellectual property movie?" <laughs> but I think he's doing it in a cheeky way because he's not like that at all. I love yeah. him but... so much. I love I him so much. I, I have funny. I, yeah, yeah. To, for Weird Al to go after Mel Gibson in any way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, and he's so smart, and his all of his comedy is so like calculated. So uh-huh, I feel like yeah. there's something more there. Um, um, anyway. I want to jump into some of these. But uh, how are you, these... John? No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do that. Let's jump into a couple patron uh, questions um, because yeah. John, you you said you went to film school. I know you're mm-hmm. a bit of a film buff. That's why you're on Movie Movie Game. Um, so Shane Austin asks all of us, but we'll let you start, John. Favorite film that you either rediscovered recently after not liking it the first time around or that you were recommended to watch by someone else? Ooh. Last night, I got baked, and I watched <laughs> Midsummer. The director's uh, cut. Oh, the director. and oh, there's more? No! There's no, the director's cut's minutes. supposed to be better. It's supposed to be better. I mean, it doesn't change a whole hell of a lot, but mm. I, when, the first time I watched that movie, I loved Hereditary, so I was coming into it like, Hereditary, and it wasn't that. Mm-mm. And on the, the second time watching it, I was like ready to just be bored, but it was more interesting, I think, after knowing the plot points and knowing where the movie is going. I was just like totally taken in, and also I think the weed helped. I will say I don't know if we talk about cannabis ah. on the pod. Oh, the we talk pod. about it all the time. We, we have a cannabis sponsor. <laughs> we do oh my gosh! Easy, easy. <laughs> wow, that's great. Anyways, uh, Midsummer I loved because um, I just think it's a weird movie that like not it's not weird in terms of the content. It is obviously weird in terms of the content, like or weird incest orgies and like you know pubes and stuff Cults. but 
cults. But like all that aside, like the movie making is really strange. Mm. It's like mm-hmm. you don't get movies that are this slow and like sumptuous yeah. and like moody yeah. a lot because it's effing two and a half hours, and then the director's cuts three hours. I just like that it's like that. So I would, Dude, I don't know if I'd recommend it, but I liked it. I I totally agree because I I can't think of the director's name for some reason, but the um the imagery in that Ari. movie is Ari Aster. Ari Aster. Ari. There you go. I almost said it, and I was like, maybe that's not it. But, but you uh, didn't. I didn't, and I fucking blew it. Um. But uh, the visuals, man, the visuals in that movie are so yeah. incredible, and it's refreshing to see. And and then you see it, and then later on, people talk about how like, oh, did you see in the background? Because like, I won't spoil too much, but there's someone who passes away early in the movie, <laughs> who dies early mm-hmm. in the movie, and then later on, there's like a there's like a wide shot of like this area or whatever, and the trees are, like, in the shape of the dead body oh. of the person who died. I didn't see that. That's cool. And it's, like... It just f- got chills. Dude, it's fucking incredible. And I yes. love it when movies do that. They take the convention, and they twist it, and they go, I'm going to make something different. I'm going to make these visuals something people have yeah. never seen on screen before. And, yeah. and I really love that. There's some That's great the shot about- composition in that movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, like the long takes, and then there's like racking focus, and then like he's just kind of a master at like a long take, like shoving as much information into that as possible. And also, it's like there's not a place where you can pause that movie to be like, okay, time to go do something else. Like we were trying <laughs> to pause it so we could get chips and dip and maybe re up a little bit, and we were <laughs> yeah. having the toughest time pausing it because every frame is just filled with so much to look at. And that's like yeah. a fun movie. It's not like assaulting you like it's TikTok the movie. It's like, right. no, just live in this. Live in this creepy place for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's pretty. You so think that's you're going rant. into, because of Hereditary, you think you're going into a little bit more of a classic uh, experience as far as horror goes. And that includes, I think, lighting, mood lighting when it comes to that. And that movie is so fucking bright. Oh, yeah. And just, like, there's light everywhere. They're not hiding anything. They're just, like, everything is here. You can see it. When bad shit happens, you can see it. There's just, there's nothing hiding in the shadows in that movie. What a cool concept. It's such a cool concept, yeah. Dude, you need to see Third Day. Have you heard of that? No. It's an HBO series. It's incredible. Cool. Dude, Elliot, please see it. Everybody see it. It's Jude Law. And it's very midsummer. It's very midsummer. Oh yeah. my gosh, I, I tried, love Jude Law. Uh, mm-hmm. Dude, I Jude Law is just. Ugh. Steve, yeah. did you try Utopia? Alana watched it, and I saw some. I walked in and saw her watching it sometimes, and it looks beautiful, and it looks like a great show. I'm going to watch it, but it's not. I thought. Oh, pretty, I think it's pretty bad. It. I gave oh, it like. Oh. An, I gave it like two episodes, but. Oh I was, shit! I had okay. really high hopes. The writing okay. is. I'd be curious your opinion on it because the writing to me was very. Mm. Oh, Wait, shit. this is the Jillian one with, Flynn. I'm, that's maybe the one it gets better because other people have uh, No, that's Euphoria. Damn that's it, Euphoria. that's what I was yeah. thinking of. This Never is mind. like Rain Never Wilson <laughs> and um, yeah, and Rain Wilson and John Cusack. Oh, cool. oh. so good. that's where I'm them. at. Damn, no good <laughs> though, huh? Yeah, watch Third Day though if you want something real it. good. Yeah, please, yeah. please. I love Jude Law because he's the only celebrity that I know, celebrity man, who's like, I'm going bald and I'm just not going to do anything about it. Yeah. And he's just like balding. And I'm yeah. like, 
Thank goodness for you, man. Good for <laughs> yeah. you. Especially like, we since need he's so like, much more of that. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. And he's like a sex symbol. Like he's he's totally Still. like one of the sexiest men alive. And he's got he's just letting it letting it go natural. I love What's that. What's what we were saying on the stream when we were talking about Jude Law is that uh, I feel like that dude is just he's just an ama- a amazing actor. Yeah. Has the has the presence, so he's an actor, but he's also a star, very much like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's a movie star and a movie actor. So is Jude Law, and he's just like, and he's beautiful. Like he is a freaking movie star. You see him, and you go, "I will give you a hundred bucks if you can name a movie he's ever been bad in." And you'll go, "I guess I don't get a hundred bucks because he's so fucking good and everything." That he I think that a lot of people would argue AI, but I no love AI. AI. He's great. Man. Oh, me too. That's great. Him, him being I would good argue in it is different than. It being mm-hmm. good, right? Which is a trick. I love that. Yeah, movie. actually, you're right. Yeah. Did I y'all see it. Captain Marvel? Yes. Did you yeah. like him in Captain Marvel? That one, I was like, okay, we don't. Man, need he's that. forgettable. I forgot he was even Very in that. Shit! Yeah. Now I owe everybody a hundred bucks. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> Here's my Venmo at John yeah. Cozart. I totally forgot he was even in that. Bummer. Do you guys have any movies that answer the question that I asked I previously? Think of it. I because um. Hmm. I don't really rediscover. I mean, I guess I watched. I don't. I. I don't really rewatch movies I didn't like. Yeah, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't understand the second part of the question. Or 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 just what's a uh, favorite film that you re- were recommended to watch by someone else? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's like, is there a movie that you've watched recently that really did it for you? It's kind of what we're at. I'm really in the new season of Fargo. I will say that, but I love all the Fargos. Was that with Chris Rock? Is it good? Is it great? I like it a lot. It's very fun. Is he is like is he do you feel like you're watching Chris Rock play Chris Rock as a detective or are you watching a detective played by Chris Rock? He's not a detective. Or a whatever he is. Um he yeah. Gotcha. It, it's all good. It's all good. It's a little he's he's Chris Rock doing his thing, but it, it works within the context of everything. I haven't cool. been it doesn't take me out of it. You know how Fargo is. It's so so stupid. Half of it's so stupid and goofy that it like takes you out of the intensity of everything that's happening. It's wonderful. Um, I'll go. The boys. The boys, boys just finished, and the boys is done. Season two is done, and it was a fucking amazing oh, finale. So good. I don't want to watch it because that means it's I know. over. It made me sad. It made I don't me like sad. that. Uh, I got an answer for you. Watched it last night with Jackson. I rewatched The Land Before Time. No. And this movie is filled with so much sadness and so much beauty with a (laughs) score that lifts it up to like the heights. It is an amazing flick. And it made me realize we as a society, we as people do not appreciate the work and efforts of Don Bluth enough. That motherfucker is great and we should love him more. Yeah. And I think like that. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this okay? Is this the, okay. Hold on. Was that what your tweet was about? Don Bluth? Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> up until this moment, I thought you were referring to the dude from Arrested Development, like the dad. <laughs> and I was like, is he? I truly, dude, I thought that was a political comment about Trump. I was like, Joe's tweeting about Trump again. He's talking about the banana Joe's stand or whatever is in Arrested no, Development. No, 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 no. Land before time to Trump. No, Don Bluth is like, Holy all dogs Lord. go to heaven. Uh, the Secret of Nim. Secret of Nim. Thumbelina, I think, is one of them. Dragon's tragic, Lair. Like tragic children movies. Yeah. Yeah, like, pretty really much. Sad. And I think 
there was kind of like almost an obsession. I wouldn't say an obsession, but there was certainly like a like a like a boom of dramatic animated movies in the late eighties, early nineties. And I feel like Land Before Time is in is totally one of those. American Tale is another one of those. Yeah. A lot of tears in American Tale. But Land Before Time, I feel like, um, there's a lot of stuff cursed stuff surrounding that movie, right? Kurt well, the girl, yeah. The, well, the girl that played Ducky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody she was the go into all that. Yeah, yeah. Bad, bad stuff. No, I'm just no. I'm kidding. You guys hear about Anthony um, Elchuk? Okay. <laughs> oh, no! No! No, 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 no. But, yeah, anyway, Land Before Time. Thanks for joining us, John. Land Be- <laughs> <laughs> but Land Before Time is a good one, huh? Yeah, the the score of it is amazing, and I, I realized that if you put the score of a Land Before Time, like the, where they, it's the part that's always under the sad stuff, if you put that under the sad stuff of any other movie, it's going to make it infinitely infinitely sadder even if it already has a sad score that that's it's just a good flick it's a good movie um dude uh we i watched adam's family the first adam's family the adam's family movie good movie i hadn't dude it's just i i it's an incredible it's just so good it does the fact that it exists how strange and bizarre it is that for a time that it came out too it's just oh i love it so much i love it so much um, okay, one more, and then we'll go because uh, it's we're at an hour, and I don't want to keep John too much All longer. Right, but we have a very John-specific question. Ian Cole says, "What have John's experiences recording with Pomplemousse been like?" The Katy Perry oh Gorillas Manu Chow mashup is one of my favorites of theirs. He has a great voice. Damn, how sweet! Y'all know Pomplemousse, right? I didn't, I but mean, I looked it up after I saw the question. They're I great. I don't know Pomplos. Oh, my gosh. How do you not know Pomplos? They are, they are like, internet 1.0. I'm going to look them up like right now. Like, real old school. But they're, like, musicians that I just have been obsessed with since they came out with, like, a Beyonce cover of Single Ladies, like, 12 years ago or something ridiculous. Nice. But anyways, I don't know. I could not uh, talk... I could I could talk like for hours and hours about how awesome they are. They're really good people. Jack Conti is the CEO of Patreon, mm-hmm. and he also started P- Pomplamoose. So like he's been oh. a creator. Yeah, so he's like an extremely creative and talented musician, and he went to like Berkeley or whatever. And yeah, he's just badass. Anyways, and then his wife or yeah, they're married now. His wife Natalie Dawn is also a musician, and she arranged all that. But it's like it's hard to talk about specifically because. It's just working with them is amazing. Like, they arrange things with a full, like, like five-piece orchestra and, like, five-piece string section and, like, bass, Jesus. guitar, piano. And they arrange it in, like, a day and then shoot it in a day. And they're doing this with, like, really advanced covers of these songs. Anyways, I just think they're they're massively spectacular and talented. <laughs> And also very sweet people. They've never ever been anything but too kind to me. Where I was Were like, you, you, I didn't earn this. Were they have a Joe Beretta quality in that way. <laughs> oh, Joe! Look, I orchestrate so much awesome musical covers. You guys just don't ever see them. So, <laughs> Shut was up. it? Were you nervous? Nervous working with them? Were you like? <laughs> I was super nervous. <laughs> were, were you nervous? <laughs> Were you nervous? <laughs> nervous? <laughs> like, was it? Because there's always that like initial like I've never, 
I mean, I guess I, I've had very few moments where I've gotten to work with someone who, like, they were, like, an inspiration to me, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what a collaboration like that must be like. Were you, like, throwing up the, the, the day before? Or were you, like... Yeah, I was just shitting myself, honestly. The whole thing <laughs> is terrifying. I mean, working with anyone, collaborating is not my thing necessarily because I just like to be working in isolation and obsessed with every aspect of the thing. So like going in and being like, okay, we've got half an hour to learn these harmonies. We're going to shoot this and record it. And I'm, I was just like, just thrown into it. And I kept feeling like I was letting them down. And I was like, I'm letting you down in my head. But obviously I couldn't tell them that because they're working as hard as they possibly can already. So I'm like, by the way, can you take care of me emotionally? Because I emotionally am not here. So yeah, the whole thing was a mess. But but no, they're they're so insanely, ridiculously talented and sweet. And yeah, I was uh, horrified the whole thing. Did, did it like, were you, did you find that there was a moment where you were like, oh, they're so sweet and kind that like, my anxiety is now down here. Like I'm feeling more comfortable now. Or was it just like high tension? Um, it was always high tension. Because yeah. regardless of what's <laughs> going on with them, like I still have to perform and them being nice isn't going to change me sucking. So right, right. that was really, the anxiety was real. It truly yeah. was. It's so yeah. interesting that you say you're not much of a collaborator because you're so, you've got so many good ones out there. Um, it's a, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. Do you consider yourself a musician? No, <laughs> no, you just happen no, to be music, musician adjacent. <laughs> no, it's like I'm a musician in the way that the the guys who came up with the like the Folgers, the best part of waking up, like they're musicians. I'm a musician. No, I'm like an. I feel like yeah, I'm I'm like I, I guess I'm a musician, but like not of the variety that like, I'm not an artist for sure, musical artist. But I don't want to be dismissive of what I do because that's such a boring take. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The final 10 minutes of this podcast is John has to compliment himself for 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, guys, let's wrap this up. John, what a goddamn honor it was to have you on our little podcast. It was a bit of a Johnner. I got a big old raging Johnner right now. (laughs) I do too. I hate that man. (laughs) (laughs) But really, thank you for coming, man. This was so awesome. Just shooting this shit with you was really fun. It felt like we were normal humans for a second, and not being crushed by the weight of politics and uh... why? What's going on? What's happening uh, right now? Is there something going on? Uh, We'll talk about it afterwards. But thank you guys uh, for listening to the show. We had an awesome time. Obviously, if you'd like to become a patron of the Valley Folk, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/TheValleyFolk. But but you know what? That's not the important part. John, where can people find you, and where can people love on you? And what kind of plugs do you got? You want to plug anything? Um, yeah, I just released a video on my main channel, youtube.com slash paint. That's the only thing, the only place to find me on the internet, really. And that's <laughs> once every two years. It's a good but, video. Uh, Go watch it. Yeah. There's new, there, I'm, I'm also like in the midst of making more, uh, Hamilton parodies right now, trying to get them out before the election. So we'll see. So that's where you can find good. it. Guys, John Cozart is back for like two weeks and then he's gone again. So get him while Later, he's here. <laughs> yeah. Get him now. Get him while they're hot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, John. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, stay tuned for some more stuffs, and we're kicking into high gear on a lot of cool things. And you know, whatever. We're just working. We're grinding. We're making it work. We're trying to stay above the water level and not drown. And we appreciate you all for listening. After this video, show. go check out uh, John in our movie, movie game part one and part two. Just came out. And great, he man. plays Tesla in the new Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> in the brand new musical. Oh.